0: official home of the Canucks
1: Tiki Pete comes out of the box and puts the puck into the back of the net
0: Sportsnet 650
2: Welcome back to Vic and the Boss here on the home of the Canucks Sportsnet 650, it is draft day but the Canucks will not be drafting ninth overall according to all the reports from NHL Insiders uh, first broken out of Arizona from John Gambadoro, who is now also reporting uh, that Arizona will hang on to $1.2 million per year on the Oliver Ekman Larson contract, which has six years remaining. So that brings it down to about $7 million, C-Mac. Uh, We were waiting on some salary retention Uh, Sat Shaw also reporting that there's going to be some salary retention. So we'll wait on the confirmation, but it looks like it's going to be around $1.2 million in a trade that sends Ekman Larson and Connor Garland from Arizona to Vancouver for Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, Antoine Roussel, and the ninth overall pick.
3: Yeah, and and cap space is one thing, but Frank Cervelli uh, reporting that this is a whopper of a financial transaction at least $63.5 million in real cash changing hands by the time you pay Garland.
2: <laughs> yep.
3: So, massive investment, massive move. Uh, being bold is not for the faint of heart, but this is something that uh, is going to be one they're going to talk about for a very long time, Vic.
2: Let's get to a couple calls here. We're gonna we're gonna talk to Earth Angafar in just a second. We'll take your calls with Earth, so hang on to a line if you've got it right now. Rager, uh, let's get to you first. Thing you've been holding the longest, uh, Rager. What's your thoughts on this trade? I have
0: take issue with a couple of the callers that call in just say classic Canucks fans and guys that don't necessarily like betting coming in and saying like, "Oh, we're gonna just dunk on betting for it immediately being a bad trade." Not necessarily the case. I think it goes both ways, and people immediately defending Benning.
4: Um, I don't
0: think that it's one of these ones where we can judge it right away and have a knee-jerk reaction. I think we need to wait. Like you said before the break, if we're getting Arizona to retain salary on it, I, I, I'm kind of 50-50 on it right now, but it does feel like when we got Louis Erickson and everybody said, everybody in the market said that we're going to like it, we're going to enjoy it. I think he has five more years. It could ducktail off the end and, and not be that great on the, on the tail end of it. But for now, I'm sitting
2: 50-50 on it. I really don't know what to think about it. Thanks, guys. Okay, cool. Thank you very much for the call, Rager. Uh, appreciate that. It was quick, too, as well. Uh, Riley on the phone line. Uh, we got a full board, so if you want to call in 604-280-604. All right, Riley is gone. Uh, we'll jump to Anthony in lum. Anthony, what are your thoughts on the uh, trade today by the Vancouver Canucks?
0: Gentlemen, how's it going? You're doing a great job. Um, Thank you. So I just want to say right now, this is chef kiss. This is Francesco Aquilini playing the part of Dwayne Wade, and Jim Benning is LeBron James dunking right now. (laughs) This is nuts. I'm really happy with this. The fact that they were able to move all that money, all these people freaking out. What are you expecting to get with a ninth overall? If you get an Oliver ekman Larson with a ninth overall pick, you're very happy, are you not? And they added Connor Garland. We just saw Rasmus Ristelainen get a first and a player and a second And we were able to unload a whole bunch of salary, trade one pick, which might pan out to be a semi-okay player, for a potential top-six winger, 20-goal scorer, and immediately the second-best player on this defense. I don't know how people can look at this as anything other than a win right now. Obviously, he's proving to Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson that he wants to make the team better and that they should want to stay here. Uh, That's all I have to say, gentlemen. Back to you.
2: Thank you very much, Anthony. Keep your thoughts coming in. Uh, here is the we'll talk to our fan Gafar, who's on the line right now. Elliot Friedman just putting out a tweet. Okay. OEL and Garland for Beagle, Erickson, Roussel. A first tonight and a second next year, and a seventh round pick. Arizona retains 12. 12- Percent of the Oliver ekman Larson salary. So, Erf Angafar joining us, Canucks Insider from the fourth period. Irf, uh, a high cost to get rid of a lot of contracts and also take on a big one themselves.
5: Yeah, I mean, look, I think that a lot of people are going to look at this deal and say, okay, this deal's going to look bad in five or six years from now when is still getting paid, whatever it is. But, to be completely honest, it's win now. It's, it's you You need to make Uh, your team better and right now the the Vancouver Canucks are a better team than they were yesterday with OEL and and Connor Garland obviously you're gonna have to pay Garland too I think he's a perfect fit on Bo Horvat's wing it's that's probably the spot they have him slotted into I I'm pretty sure that's where Travis Green's going to have him slotted in but um, definitely like you mentioned a very very high cost but um, I I think the change of scenery is good for OEL and look I remember sitting in Vancouver Beck and uh, on draft day. And I think that, I think you and I are maybe even sat, we were having a conversation of Jim Benny was told to make a splash in that, in that Vancouver draft. And they went out and they got, and then they went out and they got JT Miller. I mean, I'm ready. I bet you the message from above was kind of go out and make this splash. And the OEL train obviously never died when, from when we heard about it last year.
3: Irf, um, you know, you have to think maybe Arizona also was looking to move up and, and, and could even like the local kid, Johnson. But bottom line, Jim Benning had holes to fill on this roster, on defense, up front. And, you know, whether you, you like how he's come to it, to your point, he's he has now corrected a couple of areas where he needed and would appear to have a little bit more money now to try and fix other areas. Is that not yeah. accurate? Oh, absolutely. And he did
5: it with one trade. Right? He didn't have to go out and you know, try and fix problems with calling six or seven different teams and, and trying to do things that way. He did it in, in one trade. So, I mean, you give credit where credit's due. I think people are going to look at this and say, okay, it's not a good move because of the money involved, but it's a good move in addressing what they need right now. And what they needed was another defenseman that can play both on the power play and the PK. You get a veteran guy who was the captain of the Arizona Coyotes. And you get a guy that you know you've been looking for seemingly for the entirety of Bull Horvath's tenure here as the Vancouver Canucks. I want to play with them. And you do have that now. So your top six looks good. I mean, your, your bottom six, I think there's still some work to be done there. And I think the Canucks are going to have to go and find these value guys that, that, that we always talk about. But um, right now on paper, this seems a lot better than they were yesterday.
2: Is this a precursor of what they might be able to do in free agency as well, Irf?
5: Uh Yeah, absolutely. I think right now that they have, I, I think right now they have the money to spend and they're going to go out and try and do something to keep improving this hockey team. We talked about it so much, especially, you know, on the show so many times. I've talked about it with, with, with different people saying that, you know, they have to do something big and they have to nail it. And right now, yes, it's not very cost effective right now, if you look at it down the road, but the trade for what it is, I think they nailed it. You get rid of guys like Beagle, you get rid of guys like Roussel, you get rid of guys like Louis Erickson. Um, so all that stuff can talk. And then you bring in a guy like OEL who has the experience, who has, you know, a pretty decent playing pedigree. Yes, I know his last couple of years have been off, but, you know, Vancouver or Boston were the only two places he wanted to go. So you're getting a guy that's coming to a place where he wanted to go and he's definitely motivated.
3: And and Earth, now you look at Nate Schmidt. What's yeah. the chip to play here? Like what, what could they get a draft pick back for him? Could they do something along that line? Or do you get a sense that that might have to be a hockey trade if they're still looking to move him out?
5: Yeah, I, I think that, for for the Nate Schmidt part of it, I think you'd have to try and recoup a draft pick somewhere, but you know, as much as they've been shopping him, there's also teams that have been calling. So there definitely is some interest in Nate Schmidt, right? You, you solved one problem, C-Mac, by getting a defenseman that you knew that you needed to get. And now if you move Nate Schmidt, I think they still would try and either get a draft pick or get another defenseman to come back. But, um, there's definitely a lot of teams that are still interested. I know as of today, there were teams calling about him as well. So, um, Jim Henning definitely been busy, uh, to say the least.
2: In the idea of a Nate Schmidt move, would it be in the, the spirit of it to recoup some picks or would it be to reallocate the money, like similar to what we're seeing right now?
5: I think a little bit of both, right? If, if you can go out and get some, some picks or, or like C-Mac you just mentioned, make it a hockey trade. I think that's a home run. But right now I think Benning, Jim Benning and his staff need to do what's best to obviously, you know, please Nate Schmidt. Cause they have his, they have his list. So it's, I think it's 10 teams that Schmidt obviously submitted his list to, um, for, to Jim Benning and his staff. So it's going to be one of those things where you look at it and say, if they do get this done, um, it'll probably be for picks. I, don't, I just don't know where a hockey trade is going to come in, but it'll be interesting if they can pull it off. I think that's the biggest thing. Or Nate Schmidt turns around and say, okay, maybe we, ha- we have OEL now. Now now, do I want to stay?
3: Yeah, and that would be the interesting thing, because I'm not against IRF yeah. uh, seeing Nate Schmidt and what he could possibly bring because we can all agree it wasn't the best year for him or the hockey club he's still a useful player and yeah if if they can't do something with him you know would you be really disappointed to see him try it out and 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 show what he can do in a Canucks uniform
5: yeah and and I think that that's the biggest thing look last year and the year before it was was such a challenging year for everyone involved obviously there's no secret as to what was going on but I think this year you know, you have the travel. You're, you're, you're out of town. You're, you're not only stuck to playing against the same team nine different times in a year. I, I think that Nate Schmidt can, can thrive in a situation like that. You know, I think some of the restrictions are going to be lifted a little bit. Obviously, we don't know what, what protocols for players are going to be like when the season starts, but I think that, you know, his tune might change. And when you go and make a move this big of this magnitude and you bring in another star defenseman and you immediately change the culture of that room and bringing in another captain who has some experience. And I think that that's one of the things. I talked to three players already just before we did this, and everyone is jacked, you know, bringing in a guy like OEL. So I think that um, it's, it's, it's a good thing for the team. And for, for a guy like Nate Schmidt, I think he might, unless they trade him, he might be re-evalu- reevaluating that thought.
2: Do you think there's a Sedin influence on this as well with Heckman Larson? Or is this, is this I mean, just cycling back on our target from last summer too?
5: Well, oh, look, we talked about it so much last summer that, you know, th- that they were close on OEL. And I don't think it ever died, to be completely honest. I know a lot of people did, but I, I really don't believe that that situation ever died. I think that, you know, he, he's he been a target for the Vancouver Canucks for quite some time. And, and I think that, you know, this is a city that, you know, there was one of two cities that he wanted to go to. And this is obviously the one that, you know, he, he's here. So you're getting a guy that wants to be here. That's the number one thing. And, you know, we're going to talk a lot about Oliver ekman Larson and obviously his contract and, and then what he brings. But I think the bigger fish to this is finally having someone to play with Bo Horvat and a guy like Connor Garland. And I think that, you know, we're going to see what the Canucks are going to have to pay him because they obviously will have to um, in, in short time here. But I think that that's a bigger deal right now is finally getting the winger, <laughs> the vaunted winger that, that Bo Horvat always needed.
3: Yeah, and, and then you also tack that on earth with the move they make for Dickinson to, to get yeah. a more defensive center to maybe open Bow up to to not have so much responsibility put on his shoulders, and you're starting to see that forward group improve up top. And if you're going to have to push a, a, a Hoaglander or a Pearson or whatever with Pod Coles in it, like, now all of a sudden, you, you they want to be a three-line hockey team. It looks like now they have three very solid lines.
5: Yeah, and if you look at the two teams that were in the Cup Final, they that. I mean, the Tampa Bay's third line was probably, is, is probably the best line in hockey. And, and one, of the best, one of the best third lines in hockey. And I think that when you look at what the Canucks are trying to do, they have to build a team where you can roll out players and roll out lines all game. You can't just depend on your, on your top two horses, right? So like you just mentioned, open up Bo Horvat, make him more free. He doesn't need to be the matchup guy every single night. And I think that was the important thing for for Travis Green to get a guy that you know he can put up against the McDavids of the world and, and the dry titles and, and obviously the Matthews and and, and and things of that nature. So good deals all around. I think that we're gonna look at this and a lot of people on Twitter are losing their minds obviously as they do about uh, about the money and the costs and everything. But as of right now they're a lot better than they were yesterday and I think that that's the important thing.
2: Do you want to hang on the line when we take some calls or you gotta go uh, uh, go back to work? I gotta go back to work. All right, see you later pal. All right, guys. do well. Thank you. <laughs> it's Irfan Ghaffar, Canucks insider from the fourth Perry, Let's get right back to the phone line, though. Jaron, you've been holding on for a long time. Thank you very much. What's your reaction to the trade?
5: Uh, I, I think the part definitely with Garland is very underrated. He is a very good defensive player. Um, people don't understand with him being in Arizona, he, his playmaking ability is really underrated. So I think people people look at the OEL piece, but he's actually the biggest piece in the deal, and I'm excited about it. The second and the seventh hurts a little bit, but honestly, like Beagle, Roussel, and Louie, like Jimbo talked yesterday about getting a top nine forward and top 4D, and he did that. Obviously, OEL might be a little rough in the last couple of years of the deal, but right now he makes the team better, so I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts.
2: Thank you very much, Uh for the call, we'll go back to the phone boards in just a second. But on the idea, he is right. Connor Garland, again, interesting player. It's for a straight-up idea for ninth overall, I wouldn't have been thrilled with this. My view on this trade is kind of, you know, in a weakened draft class, is it worth shedding all of this bad money to improve your roster? And make no mistake, the connects are better today than they were yesterday. Now, the question is longevity. How 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 much did you risk in the short term to get rid of this money? And, and they're better. They're a better team. However, what does it mean long-term? C-Mac? And I do well, think Connor Garland does pair well with Bo Horvat for the next X amount of years. Uh,
3: listen, it, shockingly, I'm going to put on my glass half full or rose-colored glasses here for a second. So long term, you hope that OEL ages well. You also think believe or we should know that the cap is going to start to rise again after a couple of seasons. So yes, it's, it's a big number. Yes. You know, he's aging and, and getting up there, but if he can perform into, you know, 36, like Alex Edler could perform the cap rises. So there's some more room and flexibility because the pandemic is, is kind of put to bed and we're back to normal and the NHL is, is getting more money. You can see why in the short term that this doesn't like great in a flat cap era. But if that goes up as well, Bic, then you, you you have to really wait now to see how uh, OEL ages and, and what happens over the next couple of years financially to give this a, a, a fair judgment on, on what the deal is.
2: Adam, the current phone guy, the trade is huge. Great job, Jimbo. Anyone who can move three anchors and a pick – and pick up two good players for a first-round pick is doing a great job. Our team is much better, and so is our cap situation. Just to catch you up on the deal, it's Oliver ekman Larson and Garland coming to Vancouver, going to Arizona, Antoine Roussel, Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, the ninth overall pick in this year's draft, a second-round pick in 2022, and the seventh-round pick in 2023. And Arizona is retaining – 12% of Oliver ekman Larson. Let's get back to the phone line. Uh, uh, Rob from Richmond, thank you for hanging on to the line. Rob, what's your thoughts? Thanks
5: Thanks for the call. Uh, Hey, this is great. I mean, for Canucks fans like myself who know something about hockey, and again, a lot of fans who phone in, when you're making a trade, there's somebody on the other end as well. I mean, we've all heard what people are paying out there. And for Jim to get rid of these three anchors for sure, get some money. And again, Ekman Larson. I mean, he's a he's a Swedish defenseman. Remember Lick, uh, uh, Lidstrom? I mean, the guys the guys good for six more years at least, right? So, I mean, this is good
6: any way you look at it, right, guys?
2: Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, again, I, I I do think they're better, just given the quality of the players that are coming in. It, it, it's are they better relative to cost? And and that's the interesting debate that's going to play out over X amount of years here, uh, is how does Oliver reckman Larson age into this contract? Because uh, I'll be honest, I've been less than inspired from what I've seen from him these last couple of years in Arizona. Now, what condition is his body in is also uh, in play here. Like, don't get it mixed. Like, this is a high-risk going-to-the-top rope trade by Jim Benning. Uh, assuming they're gonna get a rejuvenated version of Oliver Ekman Larson.
3: Yeah, and, and though looking at it, Bick and and now seeing what will he do with the extra cap space, we still have a buyout window we're in. And could mm-hmm. Jake Vertanen's money be coming off to open up even more opportunity or possibility? Um, you know, they're a better hockey team than what they were before the day started. Contracts, money aside, so in the idea that you have these two young players and earth was the one who said it, The the, he's talked to three guys and they're pumped about it. They're, they're happy. They're stoked. It, it shows, listen, NHL players currently on teams don't care about draft picks and drafts and stocking the shelves. Like they they want to compete and go after a Stanley cup. Now, Hey, I'm not suggesting the Canucks Canucks are now a Stanley Cup uh, favorite by any stretch of the imagination, but they got better. They filled some holes. They got the need uh, up front. They get that done. They get the defense. Little tweak here. Now we see what you can do in free agency. Maybe there's a buyout coming as well. And... Schmidt's the one that I look at and say, hey, what if they could also move out Holtby and get some more money there? Like, th- this could be the domino that falls at, you know, we, you talk about the over-under on deals for today at, at 1.5 or something like that. Like, who knows? There could be some other things coming now that we go, okay, I can see the master plan that he's working on. We just have one piece at the moment. And it, like in any hockey trade, you have to give it time to find out who wins and who loses.
2: The next step here is also what's going to be really interesting here, right? Because if we're talking about totality of moves and being aggressive, this is already aggressive, but, you know, what's the Nate Schmidt scenario here? And if you start to move the money around, hey, do you get a shutdown D-man for, you know, Three and a half million dollars. Is that something that you can open up more money and then you can allow yourself to get more aggressive in free agency. What happens with Nate Schmidt and Braden Holpe here moving forward is gonna be really interesting. Just uh on my quick maths here. Now Connor Garland's not signed. You can add him to the RFA to do list with Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson. So, you know, I am just gonna ballpark somewhere between, you know, three point eight to four point two million dollars for Connor Garland. Whether that's an overpay or not, we can debate that in the moving forward, but just really quick maths here based on what's happened so far. It looks like the Canucks will have somewhere in the range of $22 to $23.5 million. This is prior to Nate Schmidt, prior to Braden Holpe getting moved out. I'm assuming there's a buyout here coming for Jake Furtanen in this scenario as well. But there's no longer a situation where you have to worry about buried contracts going to the AHL with Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, and Antoine Roussel. They're off the books. And so now with $23 million, what are you able to do with Pedersen, Hughes, Garland, and then still moving out close to $10 million with Schmidt and Holpe? There there is some flexibility here if you're able to move off of Schmidt and Holpe as well.
3: Yeah, and I'm sure the Canucks are working on that. Whether that happens or not, I, I guess, again, time is going to tell. But you throw in the Vertan and buy out, you know, the, the idea here, and we talked about it, of, of getting that flexibility or let's even just say ability, Bic, to, to do something. The Canucks needed to make moves in order to do that. And, and Jim Benning has uh, done a very bold decision and move here today in this trade with the Coyotes.
2: Uh, up next on the phone line, thank you very much for hanging on, Anthony, in Vancouver. Uh, what's your thoughts on the trade here, Anthony?
7: I actually, uh, after analyzing it and seeing the, the retained salary, I'm, I'm very happy with it. I mean, how I've been spending a lot of time looking at, at the, who these prospects are in the top nine, and they all look great. Who wouldn't want a Kent Johnson? But how much better are they going to be than a Connor Garland is already looking? And how long is it going to take them to get there, right? I mean, you need these guys in your lineup right now. Ekman Larson, I don't know, what would you say? He's still a top four D-man, maybe worth five to six. And that contract might hurt a little bit down the road, but uh, you know salary cap's going to go up. I think that's I think it's a good deal. And who knows how much of this might have in the back channels been driven, maybe not directly, but from from Pedersen and Hughes. Maybe you need more money to keep Pedersen before he goes to a to to an offer sheet scenario, or maybe they're just looking for improvement because they're unhappy. Who knows? I think this uh, I think this is a win.
2: Thank you very much for the call if you got a line hang on to it Dave from Delta Bowen Burnaby Tanbeer Bob and Rob hang on to your phone line we'll get to you on the other side of the break continue your reaction to this trade with the Vancouver Canucks and the Arizona Coyotes and again just to reiterate I mentioned this earlier but a couple of people pointing out on Twitter as well and in our text inbox talk about the the neutrality the the, the, the neutral spending so it's twelve million dollars going out. Ekman Larson, you're saving about a million on retained salary, so it's about seven and point two five coming back. And it depends how much Connor Garland gets on total savings in this in this deal. So if Ekman Larson's making seven point two, if you sign Garland to, I'm just going to throw out a number of four million dollars. That's eleven point two million dollars. So it's a net savings of about one million dollars. And how do you use that money elsewhere on your roster? We'll continue with your reaction. Keep them coming in. Uh, 650-650 and 604-280-0650. On draft day, Canucks make a big splash. NHL draft coverage on Sportsnet 650 brought to you by Andrew Sherratt Limited, your local family and employee-owned wholesale distributor with locations across Western Canada. Purchase heating, plumbing, and irrigation supplies online at Sherratt.com. Back in a flash here, Bick and the Boss, Sportsnet 650. Welcome back to Bick and the Boss. 650-650, if you want to react into our Dunbar Lumber text message inbox, the smart alternative, visit Dunbar Lumber on Bridge Street in Ladner or our beauties in Vancouver online at dunbarlumber.com. We're blowing out the show. Uh, Open boards here for you if you want to react to this trade, catching you up on the details. The Vancouver Canucks have traded ninth overall, Antoine Roussel, Jay Beagle, and Louis Erickson – all to Arizona – actually, I should say a 2022 second-round pick and a 2023 seventh-round pick, all to Arizona in exchange for Oliver Reckman-Larsen Larson. And Connor Garland. And Oliver of Reckman Larson, there's $990,000 retained on the deal. So it's a 7.26 cap charge to Vancouver. Connor Garland is a restricted free agent. Remains to be seen what he gets, but it adds to the to do list of Pedersen Hughes, Jason Dickinson, and now Connor Garland for RFAs for Jim Benning. That's the trade that's gone down. Uh, waiting for official confirmation, but based on every report, that's what you're expected to hear later when Arizona and Vancouver finalize the deal. Uh, CMAC, uh they're a better team today. Yes. That's the takeaway. Now, it's a heavy cost to get out of these mistake contracts that uh, they have signed, as far as Erickson, Beagle, and Rousseau. It's a big cost. Three draft picks going the other way, including a top 10 overall pick. I also look at this and say they did get a certain amount of service years in this in this contract. What you signed Connor Garland to is going to matter in this scenario here. How many years does he get? Oliver Ekman Larson, we know he's got six years left on this deal. How gracefully does he age through this contract is going to be a pivotal point. But as Earth mentioned, there he's, he's spoken to some players. They're geeked up for it. They're they're a better team than they were yesterday.
3: Yeah, and and here's the thing: it just processing and going through this and chatting here at the shop with, uh, part of the people show, Dan and, and, uh, Randeep, I remembered something. So I went down to Arizona to cover Gretzky's first training camp. And when I was down there, I bumped into Ed Jovanovsky and, and Jovo contributor on the station, great guy. And, and I remember asking him like Jovo, you know, how is it in Arizona? It seems like a great place to be. And he said, you know what, C Mac, it's all about flip-flops and board shorts. And I went, Huh? Like what do you mean? He goes, he goes, I don't know. I miss Van. I miss the intensity. I love a hockey market. He goes down here, it's chill, you're by the pool, you're golfing. So in Ekman Larson's case, coming to a hockey market, coming, you know, possibly maybe a chat or two with the Sedines, that might be the the drive or the kickstart for him to go to the player that everyone thought he might be, you know, talk of Norris trophies and all that sort of stuff. He's slumped a bit in Arizona that past couple seasons. Maybe the team hasn't been as good or 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 maybe it's just him. But getting out of that country club atmosphere of the Scottsdale area, which is beautiful and and a place everyone should go to in the winter because it's a little warmer than here and coming to a hockey market. And now I'll say being under the scrutiny of all our great uh, texters here who are ripping the deal on the text inbox or Twitter, that might be something that rekindles or or sparks a, a, a hockey player in him or a performance level that we haven't seen for the past few years.
2: Look, like everything, I think just reading the text inbox right now, based on some of the calls we've gotten, it's fairly split. So some people are, are, are psyched up about this. Other people are just ripping into it. How could you get rid of this ninth overall pick? Just underscores how bad these contracts were that you had to give up three picks to do this. But, you know, by and large, uh, it, it's fairly equal. There's some people texting in right now. Hey, guys, I think this is a fantastic deal. Stoked to see how this pan, pans out and the bigger plans Uh, Jim Benning has. Only concern I have is giving up that first-round pick. But the Canucks future is looking a bit brighter. That one is from Christian. And uh, this one coming in here, Uh, what does this mean for our cap space taking on these contracts? And again, it's $12 million going out. 7.26 for Ekman Larson coming in. And then whatever you sign Connor Garland to, if it's around $4 million, that's $11 $11.2 million, $11. million. So you save $1 million on your cap, and now this also depends, what do you do with Nate Schmidt, what do you do with Brayden Holpe? Because if you add those two together, you're looking at about 10 point, uh, quick math here, $10.25 million uh, savings. And what about, so,
3: what about Jake? What about Jake? What would come off the well, cap with
2: Jake? if you buy him out as well, yeah. so in theory, uh, again... If you buy Jake out, and I'm just going to delete the Schmitt and Holpe contracts. If you do that, that gives you about $33, $34 million to play with. And that's a significant amount to go ahead and sign uh, Pedersen, Garland, Dickinson, Hughes, and then to still uh, reallocate that money. Is it a Brandon Montour that comes in? Do you get picks back for an h Do you get someone that fills in out elsewhere on the roster? So, so the big issue has always been this debate between cap space and and what I value is cap flexibility. And the Canucks have not been able to be flexible because they've had Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, and Antoine Roussel. Now they get rid of those contracts at a very high cost. But from this point moving forward, the Canucks have assets that can allow themselves to be flexible in Schmidt, in Holpe. You don't have dead anchor contracts on your roster anymore. And if you wanted to go the route of trading Nate Schmidt for picks, you can still do that and maintain flexibility and allows you to spend that close to $6 million in the free agency market.
3: Yeah, because if you you look at the back end, you would still have, you know, a Hughes, OEL, Myers, uh, Rathbone. So there, there's some pieces there. You look up front, you've now got three solid lines with the Garland coming in and and partnering with Bo and however you want to, on the other wing that that that's fine and then Mott don't forget to anchor the fourth line so things are definitely better now than they were a few hours ago before this deal happened
2: 650 650 keep your thoughts coming into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox uh, 604-280-0650 if you wanted to grab a phone line Dave from Delta Dave what do you got for us on this deal yeah
4: hey guys how's it going
2: um, we're doing great, man.
4: Uh, yeah, so the first thing I want to say is, I mean, like, look, Canucks have tons of holes. I mean, they don't have a young right-shot defenseman under the age of 30. I mean, maybe he's into a defenseman, but we don't know today. Um, they don't have a third-line center for the future. You have Pedersen who's 20, what, 23, Quinn Hughes who's, what, 22. I mean, it's weird to me that, again, you're chasing another left-shot defenseman when you have Quinn Hughes, you have Jack Rafferty, you have Nature. You're moving Major out. I could understand, but I mean, the biggest hole is right side. You don't have a big soft right side young defenseman. Again, you don't have an offensive third line center. So I'm just wondering, like, how does this actually help you when you could have gotten foundational pieces that would have helped you long term?
2: Thank you for the call. I I, I argue a bit that uh, they don't have a future third line center. You're you're going to resign sign Jason Dickinson. Uh, he's 26 years old. That should be a solution for multiple years moving forward. That's your idea. Uh, but as far as the point of foundational pieces, look, that's the cost of giving up ninth overall, right? It, it's it's you, you risk fresh pieces coming into your lineup to be building blocks moving forward. Yeah, and, and, it, and it takes and like time. That's the risk in this trade. That that's is the, the risk. risk trade.
3: But there the, there is no guarantee. Whoever you're going to draft at nine is going to pan out. You do know what Oel and Garland can bring. Like they they have a pedigree and a resume that that's there, and they can contribute right away. And you're not wasting another couple years for someone to develop, to get better, to grow, to build, and. and Listen, you have to restock the cupboard. You can't just blow away your hockey team and not have any prospects in the pipeline. But in the Canucks case right at the moment with the guys that they have on the team and where they are in their age, and as Irfan Gaffar said to us on the phone, the players in the dressing room are excited because it has more of a win-now mentality than, hey, we're going to get a good draft pick in two or three years. He's going to be a pretty solid NHL player, we hope, and that's going to... What they hope is that you see the OEL of old, but they also know what they're getting in Garland, and for the most part, they know what they're getting in OEL, so this gives
2: them uh, excitement for the future. I'm not denying there's not risk in this, because there obviously is, and, and the risk is, hey, you give up ninth overall, and also, what do you get out of Oliver Ekman-Larsen moving forward? If If he does bounce back, then this could be a big boon. This is a guy that, hey... 8.25 is a lot, a, a lot of money. Don't don't get it twisted. But here's the thing, you kind of have to have the type of pedigree to earn that contract. And, and, and this is a guy you know, a couple of years ago, 55 points, 40 points, like recently. And if you're getting that style of player, then it can be a big win. Now the question is health and all this sort of stuff. My point has been: you have Elias Patterson, you have Quinn Hughes, you have to start putting these guys in the playoffs with capable pieces around them, and you've just gotten rid of three contracts and three black holes on your roster, and you added guys that can contribute. Now you have to get to the playoffs to give Quinn Hughes and Elias Patterson as many opportunities as they can in the playoffs. So it's a risk. Don't get me don't get me wrong. It is risky. But not every trade is Luongo falling into your laps. Mark Snazlund, Stoyanov, it just completely works out. Christian Erhoff, what was that deal? Nothing. A pittance to get a guy that was massive on your blue line. You know, those are three trades over the course of 20-plus years that worked out for Vancouver. Those types of trades, few and far between. You, you have to be willing to take some level of risk, and Jim Banning has done that right here. It is a big risk, but this is the type of move – to improve your roster that you have to start making. Let's go back to the phone lines 604 280 0650. Tan Beer, you got to be quick. We got a full line here. uh What do you got?
4: Yeah, yeah I just want to say uh, I don't think moving Schmidt now is going to be able to make now. Just because you've improved your back end, I think, with, oh yeah, I know a lot of people think that his game has fallen off. I'm just hoping that, you know, maybe he had a couple, a few years of, of good hockey left in him. And then Connor Garland, obviously a good good pickup for the top six. I, I don't know about the trade. It feels like short-term thinking for Jimbo. Um, you know, like, they traded a ninth overall pick. They never had a first-round pick last year as well. So that's the big issue I have with the trade. But, yeah, in the short term, it makes our team better. And Jimbo's looking out for himself. And then I understand that. But, you know, I just hope it doesn't end up burning us. Maybe he could stick a OEL on long-term the reserve with the injury history that he has, maybe at the last couple of years of his contract. But other than that, um, I think you got to keep Nate Schmidt now because now you want to build a team that can win next year. And keeping Nate Schmidt, maybe moving off Poppy's contract, might be the the move left to do in the summer.
2: Thank you very much for the call, Terrence Pierre. It, it, it's it, again, I still look at it as is there a true blue shutdown D-man, C-Mac, and that's why I'm thinking, hey, is there something you can do with Nate Schmidt to reallocate the money to get a, a, a player that you know is that prototypical shutdown guy?
3: Yeah, that's the piece that they they need. That's the piece that they'll probably covet and and we'll have to see whether that's through free agency or through a trade if if that would be possible for this hockey team.
2: 650 650 keep the thoughts coming in back to the phone line 604 650 Bob in Gambier Island. Bob, your thoughts on the trade?
1: Um, well, I was really looking forward to uh watching the draft today and see <laughs> see who we picked at number nine but i guess i'll just take jim benning's word word for it that he's that he's looking at everything and he's done the right thing probably the only question i was going to ask you is how much did alex Adler get paid last year six million dollars okay so we've lost that six million dollars we paid about 1.2 million more for this larson guy Mm -hmm. younger age i think we've improved in that area what do you guys think
2: uh, you know, it's fair to ask. I think, you know, I don't necessarily look at Alex Edler and say he lived up to $6 million, but it was still a very, very good contributor uh, defensively. Uh, oh, yeah, that's and- what I'm saying,
1: too. I really, like, I really like Alex, but I'm saying, though, we've lost his $6 million now. Mm-hmm. We've got this younger player now, and if Alex is listening now, why don't you sign like Jason Spenza in Toronto for a million dollars here in Vancouver, so we got depth on defense, and and you can maybe get a Stanley Cup next year.
2: Thank you very much for the call. Here's my thing with Edler: is this is another left-handed D-man. So you got Hughes, you got ekman Larson, you've got Rathbone. And you want to try to give Jack Rathbone some minutes at this level. And also, you have to throw Ole Levy into this conversation as well. That If you bring back Alex Edler, C-Mac, that's five guys on the left side. And it becomes fairly crowded when you need to get development from two of those guys
3: yeah i mean obviously players can play on their offside. some are successful at it some are not but yeah i don't expect them to go after edler and and bring him back now uh but you know who who knows maybe alex would take that sweetheart of a deal and the canucks look for depth purposes that that, that they bring him back but i wouldn't think so
2: keep the thoughts coming in 650 650 also two eight zero zero six fifty. 650 On the or 604 280 0650, uh, heading to Maple Ridge, Gurjeet, what's your uh, thoughts on the trade here? Hey guys, how's it going? Good, Uh, Uh, excellent, man.
6: Overall, I think the trades, like, yeah, you got to win, that's got to be good in the next three, four year window. Like, after that, it's OEL probably going to be less than a third per defenseman, essentially. But, um, my only hesitance or not liking part is that you know, we didn't have a first round last year. Uh, we're not going to have a first this year. There's a second, and I think we lost a third for next year in the Schmidt deal. Like, there's a lot of draft picks that have been bled, and so Rathbone is legitimately like our top prospect, and there's not much behind him. Like With all these expensive players, Bo Miller, that are going to be needing deals, TD and uh, Hughes getting big deals, you need cheap players, right? So I don't, I don't see where they're getting that. and You don't want to do what they've been doing. Overpaying for um, veterans like that happen for the last couple of years to fill out your roster, either right? So it, it's a little
2: like it's good and bad, but like it's it's confusing, to say the least. Thank God. Thank you very much for the call. Uh, if you've got a phone line, hang on to it. Just a second, we'll come to you uh, in just a second. Uh, the, under, the other part of this trade, C-Mac, is, is we're focusing so much on Ekman Larson. He's the big contract. He's the big name. Connor Garland's part of this deal, too. He's going to have to get signed at some point. Uh, the RFA list for Jim Benning grows and grows with Pedersen, Hughes, Dickinson, and now Connor Garland. And I feel people are looking at this and like, okay, third-line winger. I, I think this accomplishes what you've always wanted, C-Mac. Nils Hoaglander can slide down the lineup a bit. And Pearson, Horvath Garland suddenly becomes a rather tenacious, and more importantly, a scoring line as well.
3: Yeah. And with Hoaglander, Pod Colson, and Dickinson, you know, we haven't seen a lot of offensive upside from Jason Dickinson. But with those two guys and their determination and what they bring to the table, now you have, as we said, three better lines for the Canucks and what they've had tough to play against you, you throw a Mott in the mix on the, on the fourth line and piece that out with a, a couple of younger players, a McEwen or, or someone along that line. And mm-hmm. now all of a sudden this team's a little bit more difficult to play against This team can mold into what Travis green wants them to be. And yes, moving Hoglander down for the short term, but with that ability that he can play up and that internal competition, we've talked about a lot with a lot of our hockey guys on here with Yannick Hansen, uh, Dixon Ward, all the guys, they talk about that internal competition, and not just being promoted to a spot in a lineup because you're gifted it because they don't have anyone there. Now things even out and that internal battle to, to get up a line or to play there and, and maybe things aren't going well for Pearson one night and he drops down. This just gives you more flexibility, more options, and, and a better all-around look. And I'm sure Travis Green is, is really excited to to know that he can tap some of these guys on the shoulder and change things up.
2: And just to be clear, like I, I'm a big fan of Neil Totleben's game. I believe he's a top six player right no, now.
3: No, you said I was the one who said he's
2: removed. You never no, said it no, was no. you, but but that, that's but, been my opinion no, all along, and Yannick I, I presented the idea. But yes, yeah. Okay, we'll just calm just down, yeah. About, everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to bring up the one person who agrees with you. Yeah. Not the, uh, oh yeah, he eighty five percent of the text messages. He only blogs.
3: played in the NHL. How many of these text on. messengers play in the NHL?
2: <laughs> well, Aldi texts in all the time. Yeah, uh, yeah
3: under what what fake name?
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I was just going to say, I, I brought up the idea of pushing Hoaglander down here in a second uh, ago, but the reason I do that is we kind of talked about the fit with Tanner Pearson if he were to play with Colson and Jason Dickinson. I don't necessarily like that fit because I think that puts way too much pressure on Vasily Podkolzin to be some sort of offensive playmaker as a rookie. That's a lot of stress on a guy. And if you were to rank, hey, the six wingers the Canucks have in Miller, Besser, Pearson, Hoaglander, Podkolzin, Garland now, Pearson to me is number six. So in theory, yeah, you should put him on the third line, but the stylistic fit matters here in this scenario here. And Jim Benning didn't mention yesterday when he met with media, hey, there is some... They believe some offensive upside to Jason Dickinson's game. Well, if you want to try to explore that, here's Nils Hoaglander, who's now got a season under his belt, can, has shown he's a bit of a playmaker. You put Dickinson with Hoaglander and put Coles in, it's a young line, but is that something that generates a bit more offense for – Jason Dickinson. For
3: sure it does, because you know why, Bick. Because they're going to spend more time in the opposition zone, hopefully, than their own zone. And by doing that, you're going to create more chances, uh, more shots on goal, more opportunities. The, the problem sometimes when you throw at that third line and you're not that strong, you get hemmed in your own end and you can't get mm-hmm. out. That group, brings a lot to the table. Like, I love how Hoaglander approaches the game and his forechecking his ability and his tenacity and getting in on the puck. But if you have three of those puck hounds and are, are, are making life completely miserable for the opposition, uh, and listen, I'm not going to... Put them in Tampa Bay Lightning's third line because that was a really good one. But think of the success that that line would have in better matchups and opportunities because they could skate, they could play, they could get after it, they could dig for the pucks. That's what I like about a third line with Hoaglander on it, to your point of that fit and, and that identity of, of playing
2: those guys together. Keep your thoughts coming in, 6.50, 6.50. Uh, we'll get to uh, one or two more calls here before we're out here on BIC and the Boss, the People Show uh, on its way with Sat, Dan, and Randeep. Matt in Vancouver, you've been holding patiently. Thank you very much. Uh, sound off here, Matt. What's uh, what's on your mind on the deal? Yeah. I
5: think the deal is one of the best Jim has made. You've got a guy who has been a very good scorer the last three years in Garland, and you've got a defenseman who you know is capable of holding the puck and moving it up. And last year, this time, everyone was complaining that Jim didn't get the trade for Oliver Ekman Larson, and that's probably the same people that are complaining now that he did get it. And the only thing that has changed in the last year is that we've had a pandemic, and a lot of players were affected so who's to say that Ekman Larson in a new team with a new coach in Vancouver, not Phoenix, will not have an awesome year this year, being that he can be a play driver and doesn't have to worry about being the only good player on the blue line.
2: Thank you very much from the call. That is Matt in Vancouver uh, expecting a rejuvenated Ekman Larson. I uh, will get one more call here. Wes from Surrey, you got to be really quick, Wes. What do you got?
4: All right. So there's one thing I do it's really, really frustrating. Uh, it's going to look good uh, maybe in a year or two, but down the road with like an empty prospect pool, it's going to look really, really
2: ugly. So
3: this is
4: really what
2: frustrates me about Jim with overall. All right, Wes. Thank you very much. I uh, I didn't hear a lot of that, but I think he was talking about the the future of the prospect pool, right? Yeah,
3: we, the cupboard's bare is basically yeah uh, to paraphrase what he was saying, and that's what frustrates him about Jim Benning. Not exactly. Absolutely valid concern.
2: Absolutely. Look, I said this earlier. This isn't a slam dunk deal. This is the first half of an alley-oop. And, and yeah, we're because see what's what going to
3: happen, yes, with everything else? Could he get more yeah. picks? Could he, could he find his way back into the first round somehow later on to get a, a prospect
2: or, or a second rounder in some way? Yeah, you never know. How this plays out, what we see from Beckham Larson, if there's a rejuvenated version of him, then that could be the dunk. Or it could go amiss and miss the ooper completely, and and the ball ends up in the stands, and, boy, there's not a lot of flush prospects coming through the system. It's a risk, but the Canucks needed to get better, and as of right now on paper, they are better. We'll continue your thoughts coming into the People Show with Sat, Dan, and Randy. We will sign off. A lot of draft coverage coming tomorrow as well on Sportsnet 650. You and Riccio together, me and Sat together uh, all day tomorrow, so we'll, we'll have you covered with more reaction Uh, it's going to be a fun 48 hours for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, We are set to take off. Hey, golfers, get great Vancouver golf for less. Go to discountgolfcard.ca for all the details and to order your Vancouver Discount Golf Card today. The People Show, up next, you're on Sportsnet 650.